Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. It's so nice to be back recording the podcast. It's been a little while. It's been over a month and I'm sorry I've been gone. I have just been going through a lot of changes in my personal life and it's honestly been really nice to have a little bit of a break from externalizing my feelings all the time via the podcast and being able to go on some internal journeys to process and work through everything that has been changing. And so thank you for bearing with me and for being patient. And while I was happy to have a bit of a respite, I'm also really excited to be recording here today. I finally feel like I have something to say. And something that feels really true to me about this podcast is When I don't have anything to say, I really don't try to force it. Of course, I'm always on the lookout and the hunt for possible subject matter, but I feel like this works best when what I'm speaking about rings true, it's relevant for me, it's something that feels like it's really juicy, and I'm not just phoning it in. So this is my way of saying I'm sorry I didn't record the podcast, but it's about quality and not quantity (laughs) regardless. Sorry to leave you hanging without much of an update. I just didn't really know when I was going to feel like recording again, but here I am. Hadn't even planned on it, but I had an extra free couple of hours between coaching sessions. And I thought, you know what, this is what I want to do today. I also thought it was the perfect time for this topic because it's just so apropos to what the world is experiencing right now. The topic is letting go of the past so you can bring in the future. Very, very powerful stuff because we just wrapped up two back-to-back eclipses, which is pretty intense. And for those of you who aren't aware of what eclipses signify, eclipses are essentially a portal in which everything can change. It invites big insights, big revelations, information that you didn't know before that allows you to change your mind about something. An astrologer I really love, she's actually my astrologer. Her name is Sandy Citron and she's a friend of mine. If you don't know her, you should check out her podcast called Star Party. It's really good. She always describes eclipses in a really poignant, evocative way. And this is that Before an eclipse, it's like you're in a room, you're familiar with the room, you know all the furniture, you know all the people in the room, you've been hanging out there for a while, and then eclipse happens, and it's as if someone turned off all the lights, and when they turned them back on, the whole room was different. The people had changed positions, some people had left, there's some new people there, the furniture moved all around, may not even look like the same decor. And it's this feeling of a sudden change, a sudden change of perspective, revelation that has happened seemingly at the blink of an eye. And the reason why that is, is because you can think of an eclipse as interrupting the normal pattern of light. So one planetary body is obfuscating another planetary body and creating a shadow effect. 
And so the day-to-day, the status quo, what we are habituated to suddenly goes dark. And then when light comes back again, shining in the way that we're used to, suddenly the landscape is all new. These eclipses happened for all of us on April 30th and May 16th, so not too, too long ago. And so the energy is still very much in the air. So if you are having any big surges of energetic feeling recently, perhaps you're having a lot of weird dreams or nightmares. Maybe you're feeling either very, very energized or very tired. If you're feeling any sort of disruption to the normal way that you feel, and maybe it's making you really jittery and shaky, or it's making you tired and soporific, but regardless, these are normal symptoms of eclipses where we as beings are taking on a lot of energy. And then our bodies are just trying to figure out what to do with that excess energy that we're not used to. And some of us experience it as a feeling of being wired, of on edge, of being activated. And other of us might feel that as overwhelming, sleep-inducing, making us want to just zone out and check out. No matter what type of symptoms you're experiencing from these eclipses, every type of response is normal. So you are fine. You are good. The bigger question that we're asking here is, what do you now do with that? Where do you put all this crazy energy of endings and beginnings and new insights and revelations? How do you make sense of the past that you want to leave behind? And how do you walk toward the future that is yours? Remember the way I described eclipses earlier in my friend Sandy's language is this sense that you're in a room, the lights shut off, they turn back on a moment later, and everything has changed. It's this jarring, surprising, unexpected shift in the way that you're seeing the world. And it can feel really weird and strange and overwhelming too much at once. And so what I wanted to provide in this episode is a useful framework for thinking about change so that when this massive, sudden, unexpected change happens to you, you have a process for being able to make sense of it so that it is not so all-encompassing and overwhelming. The way I like to think about opening yourself up to change is there's actually two common pathways to doing it. And the first is that recognizing that your good experiences may no longer be good. What has worked for you in the past isn't working for you now. And being able to recognize that and see it and let go of this really good thing that used to benefit you so much and acknowledge that it's no longer serving you. This is actually really tough to do. And I see this with my coaching clients all the time because they're building these businesses that are massively growing. They're forced to do this constantly and it's not easy In fact, it's actually quite painful and really hard. The other day I was talking to a client who had gotten a lot of success from her whole company feeling like friends. You know, there were a handful of people who worked there and everyone was really close to each other personally and she loved that. But now as the company has gotten larger, it doesn't work anymore. It's not benefiting the employees and it's not benefiting her. No one's really happy but it's so hard to let go of that former way of being because there's so many good memories associated with it. An example from my own personal life that I'm actually working with a lot during this eclipse 
is the paradigm of what I perceive to be a healthy life. In my mind, when I think of a healthy life, I think about some of the quote unquote best physical times of my life. Um, it was when I was in my early thirties and I was eating a fully plant-based lifestyle. I was the thinnest that I ever was. I felt like I was the fittest that I ever was. And I was able to not sleep very much. I had tons of energy and I could go out with friends, have dinners, etc., get six or so hours of sleep and then feel plenty of energy to work the next day. And now as I've been going to see a lot of different doctors and practitioners, both Eastern and Western to help me with some health issues that I'm dealing with. What a lot of people are recommending for me is a lot of animal protein in my diet. And so I've been doing that. And honestly, I feel really great, even though it's the exact opposite of this old paradigm of what I thought health meant. In addition, I'm having to sleep a lot, go to bed early, really navigate my whole evening routine to this idea that I want to be in bed early. I want to get blue lights out of my way, et cetera. This is so different from this period of time that I thought I looked really great, where I thought I felt great, but it's just not working for my body anymore. And so I'm kind of caught up in this question of, well, was any of this ever healthy to begin with? Or have I just changed so much and my body needs different things? And does that mean that I'm aging and getting older? And I don't really know the answers to any of those questions, but I think it actually doesn't really matter. What it comes down to is that I just simply need to embrace that what was my peak paradigm of health before just isn't serving me now. And it may have served me then, but it's just not working. What got me here is not going to get me there to the next level. And I really have to make peace with that without detracting from that experience that I had from the past. Can I simply let those happy times from the past exist, feel proud of them, while also knowing that I have to move on to something different today? So that is the first way that we think about navigating from the past to the present, and that is the act of taking something that was good and knowing that it was good, but also knowing that you can't bring it forward to the future. What I want to talk about next is actually the opposite situation. This is the act of looking at some negative things that have happened to you in the past and letting go of them, recognizing that they no longer have power over you and being able to see that perhaps today your life has changed and those negative patterns are no longer true. I've really been feeling this for myself recently in a couple of ways. The first one I'll share is more personal. And my whole life, I've been in these relationships, whether they're friendships or they're romantic relationships, or it's with my mom or other people in my family, these relationships are the same pattern. And that pattern is there's someone who's really great, who really loves me, but is also deeply flawed. And no matter what I do to love them and be there for them, They simply will not change. And it's been true for such a number of my relationships. I really think of myself as seeing the best in people. I like fixing people, or rather I have liked fixing people in the past. And I think that I can do it, that by sheer will of mine alone, then I can help them change 
and it'll be better for me and it'll be better for them. And inevitably, as is true when we always try to change those around us and they don't want to change, it doesn't work and I'm left disappointed. And so in my mind, I have this narrative that people are going to disappoint me because of their inability to change. People just can't change for me and I'm the one who's left sad and brokenhearted. That's the old story. So fast forward to today. My husband and I have been working on lots of great things in our relationship to try to be better partners to each other. And he has changed so much in just the past couple of months. It's extraordinary. He is not one who's ever super seriously been in a really committed relationship before. So he's been really independent. He hasn't been the best partner in terms of really nurturing me in the past, but he's learned how to do that. And it's so cool to see how much he's invested into his own growth and really taking this seriously because it's worked. And still, I find myself falling back into old patterns of thinking, oh, well, he hasn't really changed, looking out for any small thing that will be a yellow flag or a red flag that I'm right, that he can't change. And what I'm pushing myself to do now is to let go of that thought, that old narrative, this stressful story that the people who love me cannot change for me. And instead, I can say, yes, in the past, there have been a lot of people who've loved me who haven't been able to change for me. And now here I am. I have arrived. I have a partner who has done that work. And I'm not alone in this feeling. All humans, all of us, we do this all the time. We tell ourselves these personal narratives that are quite stressful about how things quote unquote have always been or how things will always be. I'm thinking about a client of mine who generally always feels unsupported by his team. And so he'll constantly say things like, oh, my co-founder isn't pulling his weight or my team isn't working for me. They're not supporting me. And this is a narrative that he has developed and cultivated since childhood that he is really all on his own. And yes, sometimes, particularly when he was younger, it was 100% true but now the story is blocking him from seeing just how loved and supported he actually is. No matter how much his team does or how much his co-founder does, it's never enough. It's like trying to fill a bucket with a hole in it. His need is endless because he has this scarcity thinking that he never has the support he needs. He's never loved enough. So you can see in both instances of my own example and my relationship, as well as this example of a client with his team members, how this type of thinking from the past is holding both of us back. It's preventing both of us from being happy and present right now, and also blocking us from being able to dream about the future because we are so obsessed with the possibility that the past is repeating itself. So what do you do with that? How do you break free from these old narratives of the past that are preventing you from seeing the world clearly as it is today? Luckily, you can work with four very simple questions that can get you to the core of whether or not what you're seeing is a narrative, whether or not it's a stressful story, or if it's actually the truth. And the first question that you ask is simply, 
what is the story that I'm telling myself? What is the stressful story I'm telling myself? And story is the operative word here. What is the narrative, the creation that you've been telling yourself? You separate the story intentionally away from fact so that you can compare and contrast the two against each other. So in my case, the story that I have been telling myself is that no matter how much anyone loves me, they will never be able to change who they are. And then the story that my client is telling himself is I never have the support that I need from anyone to do a great job. I am always alone. And to even summarize our stories further, my story that I'm telling myself is I will always be disappointed by others. And the story that my client is telling himself is kind of the same. It's that he's alone in this world and he will always be disappointed by others. And so you can see how a lot of stories have the kind of the same underlying feeling to them. It's this feeling of isolation, of lack, of scarcity, of not having enough, of not being enough. In short, they're fear-based. And these stories are going to glom on for any sort of evidence that will validate that fearful way of seeing the world. So what you do is you push yourself to actually see what the facts are, to go beyond the story, beyond the narrative, and to put down on paper, okay, what's really happening here? Because the world actually encompasses far fewer facts than we like to believe. There actually aren't very many things that are just factually true. Like factually true right now, my phone is sitting on the table. And that is true because you can capture it with a video camera. You see the act happening. But my story that I was telling myself that people will always disappoint me, you cannot capture that with a video camera. So that is not in fact a fact, but actually a story. And so the second question you ask yourself, knowing that facts and narratives are different, is what is the actual evidence I have that this story is true? You write that all down. And then the third question you ask is the counterfactual. You allow yourself to play out the opposite scenario. You allow yourself to wonder, could I be wrong about the stressful story I'm telling myself? And then you write down all the evidence that your stressful story is not true. So in my case, I ask, what is the evidence that my stressful story is wrong? What is the real evidence that people actually don't disappoint me and that many people have changed in order to make me happy? And then I start to notice all the things that Dev has done to really, really switch up his behavior, his beliefs, and also his intentions so that he can be aligned with the way that I want our relationship to be. I see how he's behaving so much differently, like a full 180 degrees than he was even five, six months ago. I see all the books he's read, all the time he's put in, all the notes he's made to himself. Then when I've really broken free from that narrative, I can also see all the people in the past who have really tried. And maybe they weren't successful in actually becoming the person who I wanted and needed for our relationship, but I can see that people tried and I can also recognize that it was nuanced and their ability to give me what I needed has nothing to do with anything on my part. It is not a critique of who I am. It's not a critique that I am undeserving. They tried their best. I tried my best. 
And those two things just simply were not aligned. And then when I push this onto my client to see how he can deconstruct these old stories and these stressful narratives, he sees that there's so much evidence that his team is really here to support him. He sees how his co-founder is always checking on him. He sees how his employees worked over the weekend. He notices how they're trying to really show up and do the best they can. And maybe it's not perfect, but the intention is really clear and it's there. They sent him a birthday present. They sent him a present when they knew that he wasn't doing well, that they're really paying attention and they're really caring for him. All of that was overlooked when my client was in the grips of his own stressful story. And so the final step of the process, after you've looked at the evidence both ways, the evidence that supports your stressful story, as well as the evidence that denies your stressful story, the final step is for you to ask yourself, who would I be without this story? What would my life look like if I could just let go of this narrative that I tell myself? And for me, that's really easy. If I could let go of this narrative that the people I love will always disappoint me, I could just be happy. I could let myself be here and enjoy my relationship, which is so beautiful and so nurturing right now. And for my client, when he releases his stressful story and asks, who would I be without this narrative? You can see that he is someone who loves his team, appreciates his co-founder, and feels held and supported by the people around him. He can therefore let go of all this angst and anxiety that he has, that people aren't doing enough, and really focus on the task at hand, which is raising money for the company. So to summarize this process of how to move forward from the past, the first thing you're gonna do is identify the stressful story that you're telling yourself. What is that personal narrative that runs around in your mind over and over again and has existed there for a number of years? The second thing you're going to do is you're going to look at the facts, the evidence. You're going to ask yourself, how do I actually know this is true? What is the factual evidence? The second question, or rather the third question you're going to ask is about the opposite. What's the evidence that this isn't true? What's the evidence that you're actually wrong? What are the facts that show you that your personal narrative is outdated? And then once you write all of that down, you then ask yourself, who would I be if I could let this personal narrative go? What would my life look like without this stressful story that I tell myself? And all of this is so powerful because it's like you're combing through your autopilot thoughts, right? We all have behaviors that are just on autopilot. Wake up, take a shower, brush your teeth, get dressed, check your email, blah, blah, blah. There's so much routine that we live in physically. We have that same routine with our thoughts. And our brain is literally like a mountain that's covered in snow. And our thoughts are like little people sledding down that mountain. And every time you think the same thought, then that sled goes down the same path. And over time, your brain has well-worn grooves, patterns, familiarities, comforts. You get used to thinking the same thing over and over again. And when those thoughts are no longer relevant or true, they actually wind up being destructive. 
So this thought that I'm always alone and people will disappoint me, it served me in the past because it allowed me to protect myself from people who did not have my best interest in mind. But then later on, now that I don't need it anymore, particularly my relationship, it's actually just damaging me. So what I do is I go through and I clear through the snow and I allow for new tracks to be laid. I let the sled go down a different direction. I try out a new way of being and it's freeing. It allows me to grow. It allows me to move away from the old tracks that I'm comfortable and familiar with and instead be able to sled toward my future. As you move through the next few weeks post-eclipse, remember that this is a window to invite in change, to move away from the past, to let it go so that you can boldly step towards the future that you truly want. And you may want to pay attention to when you use the words always and never. Always and never are two indicators. They're two little hints that you may be getting stuck in a past narrative. You may be stuck in a stressful story or a loop. For instance, I am always the one who gets forgotten about. I'm never the one that gets picked. I never have enough money to do what I want to do. I always am disappointed. It's never me who gets to reach their dreams. I always have too much work. I never have enough time. So those were a bunch of always and nevers, but we all have some subset of them running through our minds all the time. And the thing is, we have to pay attention to when they stop being true. When are those always and nevers simply those well-trodden paths that are running down your brain over and over? And we won't know unless we stop, we pause, and we consider, is this just a story I'm telling myself? How do I know that this story is true or not? To truly, truly let go of the past, you mustn't worry too much about anything that has happened in the past. Don't worry about who you were, what people thought of you, what behaviors you had. Those are all gone. None of that actually matters today. Yes, so maybe you've never had your dream job before. That doesn't mean that it's not coming your way. In fact, it just means that it's overdue. Yes, perhaps you haven't found that true, real, burning love before where you have been very appreciated by your partner, but that doesn't mean that love isn't for you. It just simply means that you haven't chosen the right person yet. And so what I want to invite is this energy of no longer being held prisoner by our pasts. Definitionally, if you're doing something that you've never done before, then you don't have a history of doing it. So you truly, truly, truly cannot let past events in your life be a predictor of whether or not it's going to happen in the future. I always love the quote from Nelson Mandela that reads, it always seems impossible until it's done. It always seems impossible until it's done. And basically what that means to me is that you can't let what has happened in the past dictate what is going to happen in your future. For instance, it always seemed impossible that I would own my own house, mostly because I had no experience with that. I always grew up in apartments. There was a short period of time where I lived with my mom and my grandparents in their single family house. And for a little while, we had a townhouse when my mom was married to my stepdad. But other than that, I have had zero experience 
and living in a house with a lawn. But guess what? I'm 37 years old and I'm about to own my own house with a lawn. In fact, it's 22 acres of property. And for a long time, for a lot of my adult life, it seemed like that just wasn't in the cards for me because it hadn't happened to me at that point, which is a little strange because most people I know had had some experience with living in a house. But can you see how silly it would have been if I had used my past experiences of always living in apartments to tell me that I would never, ever get to live in a house? Obviously, that would just be pretty silly. In the same way, everyone who's been listening to this podcast knows that I have been doing a lot of fertility treatments over the past couple of years and they haven't worked out. And I actually recently did a round of IVF to do an egg retrieval and freeze some embryos. And now I have four beautiful, wonderful embryos in the freezer, not my freezer, but the freezer of a medical facility waiting for me to be ready to thaw them and put them inside my uterus. I'm actually waiting until I finish the draft of this book. I want to really focus on the book over the next three weeks. And I'm really trying to walk away from my past. Just because nothing I've done in the past hasn't worked doesn't mean that one of these four embryos isn't going to work in the future. And I'm consciously and intentionally not letting the failure, quote unquote, of what's happened to me before affect my hope for what could happen for me in four months from now when I'm ready to try again. I refuse to let the past ruin this beautiful, wonderful experience I had of doing an egg retrieval and freezing embryos. It was absolutely wonderful. And I have renewed hope, a lot of new hope. And I refuse to let what's happened in the past take that away from me. So I want to close this episode by asking you, what are you excited about for the future? What are you ready to let go of from the past? What do you want to free yourself from so that you can open up the possibilities for the future? Because there are endless, incredible, breathtaking opportunities just waiting for you out there. So let go, let go, let go. Walk through the door of your future so you can be energetically, mentally, and physically ready to receive the beautiful changes that are coming your way. This is eclipse season, so make the most of it. Don't hold on to the things that are no longer serving you. Stop standing in your own way and maybe let yourself be surprised. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry. It's been so long. I really appreciate all of you listeners who kept listening to old episodes. I saw it in the weekly updates from my podcast hosting platform and it made me really happy and brought a smile to my face to know that this beautiful technology exists where even though I'm not updating episodes every week, you could still listen to ones from the past which is ironic because I just spent the past half hour saying you should let go of the past. But anyway, thank you guys. And I hope you remember to love yourself, listen to yourself and say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. 